This episode is brought to you by Catan. This summer looks a bit different than most summers. We're staying at home for the most part, and we're finding ourselves looking for new activities to enjoy at home. Catan is a board game for three to four players, ages 10 and up, although younger kids can play with adult guidance. It is a great way to keep families engaged in off screens, even if it's just for a little while. And those opportunities are hard to come by. And it's really easy to pick up. Get Catan at catanshop.com slash mom. Listeners of our podcast get 10% off the original base game Catan by using the promo code mom at checkout. Offer not good on other Catan titles or merchandise. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you peace of mind security. Because if it's connected, it's protected. Yeah, even your robot vacuum. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I'll Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Today, we're talking about something I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. Forever. Yes, and forever. Ever, and ever, ever, and ever, and ever. Mm-hmm. And that is the gendering of food. And this could be so many different episodes because today we're mostly focusing on toxic masculinity and meat. Oh, how daintily you said that. Yeah. That was nice. That's how we should say is it. Is that how we say it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but we're not talking about Brogurt. Brogurt. Which, which is by the way, still thing. just mind-blowing every time you say it. I'm she like, why? Was, I didn't know what that was. And I was like, what is happening and why? Well, that is a fair question that I don't have an answer to. <laughs> Bro, you want some Gert? That's how <laughs> I hear can't, it. We can't buy any, like, yogurt that is in a white, <laughs> like, container. It needs to be black. Right, because a white obviously means girl. Yeah. Or feminine, right? I, I suppose. It's too nice. It's too clean. Right. So that, the kind of those specific products, that's a different episode. Right. Uh, today, we're going to be broader. And the this gendering of foods is pretty a pretty big deal because it directly leads to health outcomes like increased risk of heart disease. And when it comes to animal industry, too much meat has negative impacts for our entire planet when it comes to global warming and sustainability. So pretty big. Huge. Yep. It also relates back to something we've talked about before, the gendering of American political parties. Republicans are masculine meat eaters and Democrats are effeminate salad eaters or vegetarians or vegans. Uh, remember all the push back against Michelle Obama's like garden and her school lunch initiative? Yep. What is she doing? Or against um, AOC coming for your burgers or all, all the news around Cory Booker being a vegan. <gasps> Heaven forbid. And these are actual quotes from Fox News about this. Lock your freezers, save your meat now. Are the Democrats really trying to take the White House on a platform of banning meat? (laughs) He wants to impose his meat rationing on the rest of us. When you're eating a steak and you go, nom, 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 that is so (laughs) delicious. What does Cory Booker counter that with? (laughs) Can you not do nom, nom, nom on any other foods? Not according to Fox News. (laughs) (laughs) Only steak. Only steak, which seems kind of impossible anyway, because you can't just gum it, which is what nom 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 sounds like to me. Yeah, yeah, true. Too much? 
No, no, not enough. <laughs> For my own personal brief journey with gendered eating, uh, when I was younger, I ate a lot. And I played outside a good bit, but I ate a lot. And I was a chubby kid. And me and my brothers used to compete at who could eat the most. But then... A family member told me it wasn't ladylike behavior. Like I said in a recent episode, maybe you should shop in the maternity ward. Mm-hmm. Um, they said, you don't want to get made fun of because you're fat, right? So I became very concerned with people thinking I was fat and I didn't like being seen eating in public. And I still have a real issue around it sometimes. Um, I didn't like to fill my plate first in any situation. I would watch what other people did and get less. Right. Um And when I did eat in public, I tried to eat something like a healthy salad because in my mind, that was a feminine food that women eat to stay thin. And I had internalized all this misogyny and then it like reversed (laughs) when I went to college because I would order the biggest burger or steak when I was out with people because I didn't want them to think I was like, oh, the other girls, that'd be terrible. And... All the while, like when I was by myself, I was eating hardly anything to stay thin. And all of that gendered BS um, wasn't about what I wanted or what was best for me. And in doing this research, I realized that I've seen this play out in my family in other ways. My mom and I eat way more vegetables and white meat, whereas the men in my family eat way more red and processed meat and carbs. Right. Um, I think I've seen the same thing in my family, but in a different way in which because it was a family meal, no meal was complete without some kind of hearty meat. Mm -hmm. Like for myself and my mom, we could be happy with just eating vegetables or a vegetable plate, I guess. Um, But we couldn't just have that. I don't think it's just my mom, but just in general, that's fine with me. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, because of the way I grew up and my dad was the breadwinner, Mm-hmm. meat winner, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> um, we had to have some type of meat, whether it was just a hamburger patty, mm-hmm. like just a regular hamburger patty, right. or something along those lines. And I remember if my mom was gone, which was very, very, very rare, and my dad was cooking, it was always a piece of steak. Like uh-huh. all he had would be a piece of steak, and that's it. Wow, Not really? even a salad. I want to say it was like steak and then whatever else, like chips that he could find. Oh, my god! That was the one thing he could actually cook. Well, no, he can grill too, but very manly. Yeah. Ways. Yeah, and that's interesting. Um, and we'll come back to that a bit later. But the whole like grilling is the masculine right. way of cooking. Yes, that's that's men the one with the men grilling. Meat. Men meat. <laughs> all right. So, first of all, <laughs> transitions. Um, oh, all over the world, men have a lower life expectancy than women, and there are a lot of reasons for this. But one of the big ones for a lot of places is diet. In general, women have better eating habits than men. And the reason for that could be totally unhealthy for a decent chunk of women. And yeah, reminder, eating disorders and obsession about your weight, both are not healthy. But in general, uh, women have healthier eating habits. In the U.S. and a boatload of other countries, researchers have found that we associate bold, spicy, flavorful foods with men and soft, sweet, and healthy foods with women. I have found that there's a kind of similar thing with um, men being able to handle their spice and women not so much. I've seen that play out. Um, But okay, yeah, men, this is all like stereotypical, but men eat burgers and fries. Right. Women eat salad and fruit. Men eat pizza and beer. Women eat salad because all we eat is salad. 
and yogurt and wine. <laughs> yogurt. <laughs> and like yogurt. Throwing in the yogurt. It's true. Um, yeah, these are generalizations, but generalizations we see play out all the time in our media, in our lives that we might have internalized. I personally feel like I've seen a million times in movies or TV shows when a woman orders a burger around a bunch of dudes and they're so impressed with her. Right. Look at her eat that. She eats cheeseburgers too. Right. She eats beef. And what? she's thin. What? She's the perfect woman. <laughs> And then you get, like, Nick Offerman's bacon-loving character on Parks and Rec being just the ultimate manly right. man. Um, the Seinfeld episode where Jerry orders just a salad on a date, and both the waiter and his date are horrified. Right. Just a salad. The Homer Simpson quote, you don't win friends with salad. Right. And I know there's definitely a lot of sitcoms that says the phrase man meat, or like, and, and they yeah. really mean steak, not just... <laughs> an innuendo of sorts. Right. <laughs> but literally, like, I'm going to be a man. So as a man weekend, we're having steaks and burgers and blah, 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 and beer. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Nothing out of sorts. Right. <laughs> Nothing outside of the two food groups, meat and beer. Um, I mean, can I live that way too? <laughs> I wish. I wish I could live that way and not suffer very bad consequences, consequences yes. of death. Something that's related to this, though, are uh, commercials. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. burger commercials, I find, are, are big offenders. Um, yes. Like, way over-sexualized women sexually eating burgers. Um, and that commercial, you know, is not meant for women. It's Obviously. meant for men because real men eat burgers. And all they want to see is a girl on a car half-naked eating a burger. Yes. Correct. That's what I understand. That's what these commercials are telling me. <laughs> um, ads marketed toward men use over-sexualized women to tie meat to sex all the time. One ad from Burger King had a skimply clad model with a burger between her parted lips and, like, she was lying on her stomach, so it was profile. And um, the caption read, it'll blow your mind. Ugh. Yeah. Um, Taco Bell's Men Love Bacon campaign, every Carl's Jr. ad that's ever been made. Right. Um, the Burger King ad that featured X-Men's mystique turning into a buff dude after eating a burger with the tagline, man up. Oh, of course. You know, and just the same with Carl's Jr. and Hardee's because they're one and the same, essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, and Arby's. They use that overtly aggressive voiceover. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Where everything's like, Duh. and it always like, you have to eat this. Boom. Kind of <laughs> that... Yeah. yeah, that was my impression of that because that's all I could think of was like, and then it, so whatever the sound effects, the burger slams down like yeah. it weighs 2,000 tons. Like it's a truck or something. Right, right. Yeah. I'm always like, why? Yeah. Why is It's hearty. That? It's hearty and delicious. And I'm like, yeah. but it's just fried air foods. Fried air foods. You know, that's what I think of fries. Oh. There's no real, you know, it's delicious. Still, yeah. I'm what is right. it? What is Arby's? We have the meats. Yeah. See? <laughs> Another study found people are more likely to spring for unhealthy food if it's wrapped in masculine packaging, and they're more likely to spring for healthier food with feminine packaging. Hmm. Okay. And that same study found that the exact same blueberry muffins, one presented in masculine packaging, the other in feminine packaging, with the word healthy on both of them, respondents uh, reported the one with the masculine packaging tasting better. Hmm. 
Because I think they assume it must be unhealthier, even though it says healthy. Right. I don't know. People. (laughs) People. People. Uh, People with stricter definitions or differentiations when it comes to gender are more likely to reflect that in their eating habits and choices. And one study found that even bringing up masculinity or femininity impacted people's food choices. When masculinity was invoked, people chose the less healthy option. The opposite was true for femininity. And I know we've all heard about the studies showing that male vegetarians are seen as less manly. Men are socialized to eat meat. One Twitter poll directed at men found that when asked what was keeping them from being vegan, 45% responded with social stigma and 39% answered masculinity. Hmm. And we see that in the term soy boy. I've never heard that term. Oh, fortunate. (laughs) Never good. (laughs) So it brings us to the question, why do we see meat as this manly thing? A survey across several languages looking into whether respondents thought a food word was more masculine or feminine, overwhelmingly, meat products were associated with men. Almost 95% of people labeled the hamburger as masculine. (laughs) The same research found that meat eaters were seen as more masculine than non-meat eaters. And yes, men do eat more meat than women, and women make up a majority of vegetarians and vegans. And there are a few things at play here, some of which go way back. Um, Dominance and power over another creature, eating your enemy, that whole idea. Mm -hmm. In 1984, French sociologist Pierre Bordeaux described men as, quote, the natural meat eaters, meat the nourishing food par excellence, strong and strong making, giving vigor, blood, and health is the dish for the men who take a second helping, whereas women are satisfied with a small portion. Okay. A study from 2017 pointed to chemical signatures on thousand-year-old bones to trace the rise of the patriarchy. Yep, (laughs) because 10,000 years ago, as agriculture was on the rise, men and women ate the same stuff. Researchers know this from bone analyses, but when the Bronze Age rolled around, women were primarily eating wheat and barley, and men were on a steady diet of animal products. At the same time, women's bones were buried with less treasure, which researchers think is another indicator in decreased status when compared to men. In more recent history, before women were allowed to work and meat could be um, an expensive luxury for working-class families, it was common for the men of the family to get the first and largest portion of meat since he needed the strength for working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That kind of sounds like the same idea during like Thanksgiving. The man of the house is the one that cuts the meat. Yeah. That's always been a weird thing to me. I didn't understand why that was such a huge uh, patriarchal Thing that needed to be done and said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I didn't know my, in my family that is not how it is. Right. My mom carves it. There's no tradition for us when it's carved meat. It's just meat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just always thought that was the idea of it made me angry. In theory, it's like one less thing for my mom to do. But on the other hand, she did everything else. So mm-hmm. I don't see why it's like, the man gets to present the honor of yeah like this thing that you put all this work into yeah i'll take it in and all <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about that in 1990 carol j adams's book the sexual politics of meat a feminist vegetarian critical theory debuted and got 
quite a lot of media attention. The cover was illustrative of one of the main points of the book. It depicts the back of a naked woman sectioned out by parts like we often see for meat, you know, like ribs, chuck, round. The point being both women and animals are marketed and consumed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. From her site, the sexual politics of meat argues that male dominance and animals' oppression are linked by the way that both women and animals function as absent reference in meat eating and dairy production, and that feminist theory logically contains a vegan critique, just as veganism covertly challenges patriarchal society. Patriarchy is a gender system that is implicit in human-animal relationships, an overlap of cultural images of sexual violence against women and fragmentation and dismemberment of nature and the body and Western culture exist. This cycle of objectification, fragmentation, and consumption links butchering with both the representation and reality of sexual violence in Western cultures that normalizes sexual consumption. Yeah, actually with that, I was when I was researching some of the things, one of the articles that I saw, I saw had this whole concept of masculinity and meat and animal pro- protein to this extreme idea like this that included that married women are almost fearful of being vegetarians because of disapproval, rejection, or even violence from men. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, now that now that you say it, I have seen like kind of a joking, right? You know, for me, it used to be like you don't smoke, do you? Right. But I've seen it with some of my, well, not really friends, but dudes in my life. Like you're not a vegetarian, are you? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it, it seems like a disqualifier. Right. And it is counted against you. And I could see that the extreme level of any kind of violent relationship, this could be one more excuse of you better have this as perfected. Right. Or this is perfection. Yeah. And I have been heartened to see because uh, I have a lot of friends who are like one of them is vegan and one of them isn't or vegetarian. Right. Or That's isn't. hard. I know That's it is. It's a hard relationship. I definitely had moments where I, when I was um, first really into the dating world and <laughs> I was a vegetarian for a lot of reasons. And I remember the first date, the first thing the dude ordered was veal oh. without even asking me. Any, like, he knew I was a vegetarian. We kind of already had this as a conversation. And he ordered that, and I kind of looked at him. And I didn't have too much. I just kind of paused. And he goes, oh, you know, I just I only order things that I wouldn't cook for myself. And oh. I kind of just stared there. I'm thinking, obviously, you have no cares about my opinion because you got one of the most politically incorrect <laughs> meats. Right, right. <laughs> and ordered it on the round. Yeah, and just, like, enjoying meals together mm-hmm. be difficult. Uh, my little brother in my view, very randomly became a vegetarian, but it's because I don't see him very often. But it, it happened over Thanksgiving, and right. I cooked the Thanksgiving, and it was like, oh, hey, I'm vegetarian. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And just like, um, yeah, you, you forget all the things like... Yeah. Well, then you have to think about all the things that could be in there. Yeah. So stock. Exactly, Or yeah. seasonings mm-hmm. or what's touched what. I mean, that's... Really important. And and for those who are vegetarian or vegan, you want to be respectful to that. Absolutely. And so you're like, crap, (laughs) what am I going to do? Yes. Um, And going back to the sexual politics of meat, a study did look into the premise that all oppression is linked. Um, Here's specifically the oppression of animals and women. And it found people who identified as more pro-meat uh, displayed a higher correlation with sexist attitudes, and people with a more pro-animal stance correlated with a greater desire to shake male-female dichotomies, like strict dichotomies. But 
The researchers were and are quick to point out that um, all the study shows and is that these things are somehow related and that it doesn't show that everyone who eats meat is sexist. Because, of course, that's like the headline. Right, <laughs> right, right. Uh, Adams's site is also full of examples of this whole idea playing out during the Trump era, if you want to check it out, including a political pin called the KFC Hillary Special, Two Fat Thighs, Two Small Breasts, Left Wing. And all kinds of ads actually do use terminology like this. You can grab our buns, touch our breasts, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um when Anne D'Alessio Parson published a study finding a link between masculinity and meat-eating and that in Argentina, male vegetarians were more likely to be open to feminism, it similarly got a very big response. And when she was invited to speak on a talk show on Fox, the male host bought out a steak and ate it in front of her, kind of proving her point. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Um, A recent study out of University of Southampton found that for the three groups of male participants, they all expressed a desire to eat less meat, but that it was difficult without, quote, social permission. And this study has gotten some criticism for its methodology, perhaps most notably from author Balin Lincoln, who cited the masculinity and meat consumption trope and the desire to make headlines. Another study linked class and meat consumption, finding that when given the option for either a beef or vegan beast burger, the highest demand for meat came from people who rated themselves at the lowest socioeconomically. And yet another study found that men who felt that their masculinity was threatened routinely added red meat to their meals. So there's a lot of studies looking into this. Um, And I know recently there's been that study about... uh, made headlines about um, veganism being linked to uh, white privilege. Oh. Which I could see. Right. And that's that's true. As we were talking about, you know, me trying to be a vegetarian, it was really difficult. That was when I was getting out of college um, and changing, and, and I needed to change my lifestyle anyway, and this mm-hmm. is a good way to go. And also, I had been reading some books, and it was horrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things is because I could not healthily do it, uh, part of that is because I could not afford yeah. all of the great ideas and in do- doing it healthy because tofu was one of the things that I could easily afford. But at the same time, so much soy was causing a lot of disruption in my body, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that, as well as the fact that I wasn't properly getting all the greens that I needed. And vegetables, fresh vegetables, are expensive. Yeah. And it's absurdly so. Um, and because and I'm with you, I actually did read a column not too long ago about how uh, talking about being a vegetarian, talking about being organic yeah. is a classist idea. And stop it. Stop yeah. pushing this as this is normal, this is healthy, this is what we should be doing as a society. That's really nice. That's a really great concept. Yeah. But we understand, yes, most people cannot afford this. And it wasn't until the last few years that even our system allowed for people to use um the food assistance programs within this type of realm of farmer's markets and areas that you could get healthy options. Yeah. That wasn't, and, and trying to stretch a dollar, Yeah, if you can't afford it for a family of five, mm-hmm. that's almost impossible. Yeah. So yeah, I've definitely seen that. I could see where they talk about, but definitely a classist. Oh, for sure. Idea, for sure. Yeah. Um, another part of this conversation is the idea that in our society, we pressure men uh, to be more muscular, or that, that's a pretty big 
kind of pressure. Yeah. Um, and to build muscle, you need protein. And we're told that you need animal protein for that, which is not true. Um, Harvard's Men's Health Watch found that, quote, red meat does contribute to chronic disease and concluded it was reasonable to observe a few meat-free days a week. So there's a lot going on here. Right. Yes. Um, and we have even more to discuss. Ooh. But first, we're going to pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Arches and Halo. Between being on video calls all day, having to wear masks everywhere, and now using our eyes and only our eyes to smile at people, it feels like the main thing people notice now are our eyes. Arches and Halos is our favorite brow products that is so easy to find, pick up, and with a few quick steps, have the most amazing brows ever. They have professional quality products at the perfect price point. Celebrity makeup artists use Arches and Halos because of how well done the formulas are, and they are half the price of department store brands. They have eight color shades to choose from, everything from sunny blonde to auburn to charcoal. Everyone is represented. They cater to women and men of all brow shapes and sizes. Embrace your natural brow. And they're all about individuality. Brow tools for all looks and style needs. You can use for dramatic or natural look. They have an amazing range of products too, from tweezers, razors, pencils, pomade, mousses, gels, all kinds of things. Find Arches and Halos on your next trip to Target and Walgreens. Arches and Halos, professional brow grooming. Be bold, be you. This episode of Stuff I Never Told You is brought to you by Catan. This summer looks a lot different than most. We're staying at home for the most part, and many events we usually look forward to are canceled. We find ourselves looking for new activities to enjoy at home. Catan is a board game for three to four players ages 10 and up, although many younger kids can play with initial adult guidance. It's a great way to keep families engaged and off screens, even if it is just for a little while. And those opportunities are hard to come by. Unlike the roll your dice, move your mice games, this is a little different. What are your experiences? The first time I played Catan was at our office game night, and it was so fun. It was quick to pick up. It was easy. It was social. We made it really competitive because we're a competitive group, but you don't have to. And what I thought was just going to be a, a short game among friends turned into an epic game night that we shall remember forever. <laughs> hours we played, hours. And uh, yes, I lost, but I had fun. You had fun. <laughs> well, obviously, it keeps you really social. And like you said, it is really easy to pick up, which is really nice right now. This year is the 25th anniversary of Catan. Get Catan at catanshop.com slash mom. Listeners of the podcast get 10% off the original base game Catan by using the promo code mom at checkout. Offer not good on other Catan titles or merchandise. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. All right, so let's talk about salads. Salads? <laughs> yes, I'm actually really excited to talk about salads. I'm really hungry right now. <laughs> oh, no, there's all these chips and dips everywhere. But no salad, oh, nor a steak. Look, I can't do oh, everything. That's true, you tried. I did try. Uh, okay, so if you, you type in women in Google image search, one of the first things you'll get, if not the very first thing, is a woman, brunette, White, laughing alone while eating a salad, having the time of her life. It looks like she's she's having a, great, a wonderful time. And I enjoy my fair share of salads. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've also definitely ordered or made a sad salad to lose weight. I've done it. And I cannot think of a time I was ever that happy <laughs> about my salad. Wait, wait. What's a sad salad? Oh, a sad salad is like 
you know, you've got the water, what's it called? Iceberg? Iceberg. And it's got the like red around it and it's all wilty. Oh. And it's just got no flavor. That's so sad. That's it. That's it? Is that it, really? Yeah, that's it. No dressing, nothing. What, do you add carrots or cucumber no. or... Sometimes I'll add cucumber. That's maybe just like water and maybe a celery? No. <laughs> Wait, what? Celery. Celery's delicious. I do love celery, oh, but not okay. my salad. Not, not my you, sad salad. Do, do you, have you ever seen the meme? Which one? Uh, was it a gif? Which <laughs> is not in front of my salad? No. <laughs> Go look it up. It's hilarious. Okay. That became a whole thing like, in front of my salad? <laughs> and essentially, I think it was from a gay porn or something. I don't uh, know, because it begins with... When I looked at the whole thing, I just saw that one piece right. was in front of my salad. And then when you look at the whole thing, you're like, oh, hell. Oh. There's more. There's way more to this. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. I remember um, back when uh, Kristen and I, we did the video stuff. I've never told you video series. I didn't know anything about the Kardashians. And I, I all I know is mostly from her. Right. And um, <laughs> some from Bridget. But uh, I didn't know that on their show, they just eat salad in silence sometimes. <laughs> there is a meme on that. That's what? I don't know. They did do that. And then afterwards was not in front of my salad okay. or in front of my salad. All right. Well. Go look that up. I will. I will. In front of my salad. Um, I will say there is a picture of me that exists where I am like, on a beach in my bathing suit, and I have a salad, and I look like I'm having a wonderful time. So I, I'm close, I guess. <laughs> oh, I love a good salad. Oh, I do too. Um, and they're they're stepping up their game. Yes, restaurants are. Yes, they are. They absolutely are. Um, and, and like we just said at the top, yogurt is another big thing. You'll probably see a picture of a woman eating yogurt. Yes, perfectly labeled, perfect spoonful of it. Yes, yes. yes. And yeah. I've been in a video lampooning that. That is online. You can find it. Um, <laughs> so many treasures. Yes, so they all are out there for your finding. If you Google men eating results, uh, you'll get a lot of results around images of a burger or steak, eating burger or steak. There is a Tumblr devoted to women eating salads and laughing, or are men doing it to showcase how weird it is? <laughs> and I, I, I quite enjoy it. So from now on, every time I eat a salad, I need to be laughing. Yes, I can't be crying in my salad. And be not well, you can be, but that's a different. That's a different meme. Yeah. Okay. You can. That's a sad either, salad. It's one of the things. You're either the sad woman, sad salad, or the happy, the sad salad, or, or the happy, happy salad. salad. <laughs> There's no in between. <laughs> <laughs> and salad is frequently dismissed as rabbit food. Right. Um, it's seen as a food of deprivation. Therefore. It's coded as feminine since salads are seen as a health food. And as we've already said, healthy food is solidly in the for women category. Salads are for women. Right. When the salad first became popular in the early 20th century, they were much fancier and perhaps less healthy, like jello salad, um, than we think of them today. But they were still feminine. It was a way for affluent housewives to show off all about the presentation. Oh, kind of like the chicken salad, potato salad, all of those salads. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. An article on Quartz comes with the title, Women, We Need to Throw Off the Sexist Shackles of the Salad. And it goes into how most salads marketed as the main course don't have enough nutrition, not enough proteins, not enough fats. They are a sad salad. Um, or there's a pretty sexist one I found on Cosmo. 14 things guys think about your salad. Um, one of them is great, the date is already over. 
ordering a salad is like ordering water at the bar. That's not even a real meal. That's a garnish for another meal. My grandmother used to order salads. Did you just ask for no croutons? You're going to eat half my food, aren't you? I know you sneak cookies at night. Okay, whether I have had a salad or not or a giant meal, I'm probably still going still to sneak some cookies at night. Yeah. I'm just going to say that. That should be in every 14 like, thing like, guys it, it think about. It doesn't matter whatever. what it <laughs> yeah. is. Like, I just had a giant hamburger and shake. Let's go get some cookies. <laughs> it may not be cookies. It may be donuts. We do have a 24-hour donut shop near me, so. Yeah. Mm, I might have recently ordered from them. Very, very <laughs> late. Yep. <laughs> I actually never had donuts from there. I thought maybe they were a front. Sublime? Oh, no. I Which thought you were donut? talking about Happy Donuts. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Sublime is delicious. Sublime though. is They delicious. are 24-hour. Uh, yes, 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 yes. They are. You're right. Um, there's another article from The Cut called... Hey, Sublime, can you send us some donuts? <laughs> Please. <laughs> now that I've said that. <laughs> Please. Um, I'm so hungry. I want a donut. <laughs> <laughs> too bad. Another article from The Cut called Life is Too Short for Work Salad goes into how women eating in public is like declaring you care more about taste than appearance going against a norm, heaven forbid. It goes into how men, for the most part, don't worry about what people will think when they reach for a second cupcake or a second glass of wine. Um, Man, I'm really bad at this whole woman thing, man. <laughs> That's not necessarily <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Especially these aspects of it. Yes, um, Women are also under intense pressure to be skinny, which pushes them towards food like salads. But of course, of course, studies have shown that women eat fewer calories when they are with men as opposed to being with women. And that when told an option was healthier and that didn't you know healthy foods are associated with women, they largely stopped going for the healthy option. Yeah. So if they're told, oh, that is a, women do that. Oh, no, I don't want to do that then. Okay, cool. Right. <sighs> um, and this all ripples out to restaurant menus. Salads are secondary, not enough. For a lot of restaurants, there are only a few salad options and not a lot of thought went into those options. And when you think about the fact that still most chefs are male, well, a majority of them are male, and most menus are designed by men. <sighs> Also in the U.S., people associate healthy with not as good tasting, which is not true for every country. I know in France it recently reversed. Um, but this is funny because just because something is a salad doesn't make it healthy. It's just that we right. think it's healthy. Man, so. those dressings, those oh, add-ins. It'll Woo! get you. There's nothing more upsetting than getting a sad salad and eating it half-heartedly and then finding out later that it was more calories than the thing you wanted. <laughs> That is really disappointing. <laughs> it is so upsetting. Um, and I was in a movie that was semi-based on my life. Wait. I need to. I need more details. Excuse me? Somebody wrote a movie that's kind of based on my life. Okay, okay. And I was in it, and I was playing me, but not me. It was okay. very confusing right. for me. Um, and there's a joke in that movie about how my character slash me only eats kale salad for lunch, which was true for a long time. And I was like, oh, man. You love some good kale. You've actually talked about how kale. much you like kale. Kale is in my top five favorite foods. Which is really weird that I know this. Well, no, it's not. I know you. We're friends. Pretty well. We're pretty friends. well. And I'll tell anybody about my love of kale. You, we had some kale, and you're like, oh, my God, I love kale. And I was like, oh, okay. There's Annie. <laughs> Loves kale. I do. I do. <laughs> and I did eat kale salad every day for a long time. Um and it's socially acceptable for women to eat salad in public. Really? Yeah. I always think about the fact that there's always something left in my in teeth. In your teeth, yes. 
Yeah, it's well, one of the most unsexy foods you could eat. I know, and it's funny because that's like the the date foods you think of. Because um, over on our other my other podcast saver, we just did an episode on lobster, and that's also seen as a date food. And like these are very dangerous, right. unsexy foods. That's to me like trying to do corn on the cob is sexy. <laughs> <laughs> that wait, gave my heart wait, palpitations. Wait. <laughs> Why? What's what's that reaction? I don't want to delve into corn on the cob being sexy. Okay. Um, I've said too much. You have. Um, But yeah, I do have a lot of friends that experience that same concern. But at the same time, it's like, I'll just have a salad. Right. I won't get bloated or whatever it is. Really? Maybe because I made too many greens because that that makes me bloated. I don't know. This is what I read. I've never really put conscious thought into it. Sorry. Maybe I I will. I recently have, mainly because I like to eat a lot of vegetables, but I've been really giving my kimchi mm-hmm. back into my, my foods of everything. And I'm like, man, <laughs> oh. there's a lot of sodium. Oh, and cabbage sure. in itself sure. is like, woo. Well, that's different than a salad. But anyway, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I still, for me, I don't like eating in public because I feel like eating is something that I should not be doing. This is actually something we were working on in therapy. Um like, I'm not thin enough, so salad is a way to be like, oh, see, I'm making effort. Um, it draws as little attention to the fact that I'm eating as possible. I do the same thing. I think if I'm eating fast food or something, yeah, I think people automatically assume, of course, she's yeah. eating fast food because I'm not, you know, very, very skinny. Mm-hmm. So I feel like everything's... Also, we already know there is judgment out there when we talked about what's normal mm-hmm. and all of that. It's probably true for some people. They they are being judged, so therefore they have to do the best to put on a show. Yeah, which, again, going back to, I remember learning that the salads you get at McDonald's are, like, just terrible for you. Right. But it's it's like a show. Right. Um, that being said, I recently have had some amazing salads at restaurants. Like you said, I've had salads that were, like, the happiest of salads. So right. I don't want to... The happiest of salads. I do love salad. I don't want to rain on salad parade. It's just... Um, <laughs> don't be sad, salad. You're good to us. Be happy, salad, not sad, salad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I think we've talked enough about salad for now. We do have a little bit more for you. But first, we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Got to tell you about Best Fiends. It's a game pretty much everybody's talking about. Morgan number two plays it sometimes before we start the show. You know, it really challenges your brain with the fun puzzles, but it's also a very casual game, so it won't stress you out, which is perfect these days, right? What's great is you can use the game as a way to connect with your friends and your family, all while social distancing. The game is so much more than your average mobile puzzle game. It's five-star rated with over 100 million downloads, thousands of fun levels, and tons of characters to collect. You know, there are new in-game challenges and events every month, so the game's always fresh. You'll never be bored with it. You can even play the game without using Wi-Fi. So, here we go. You don't want to miss out on the game. Join millions of Americans and a lot of us here on the show who are already playing this fun puzzle game. Download Best Fiends for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play today. Just go over there, hit download Best Fiends for free, Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Check it out. I do think you'll like it. Friends without the R, Best Fiends. This episode is brought to you by China. The China brand provides premium disposable tableware to celebrate moments of togetherness. Yes, and right now that is more important than ever. 
especially when we're all apart. So recently, I had a group and we had a a socially distanced barbecue where the host drew out circles and chalk that were six feet apart. And everyone showed up with their own chairs and beverages. And it was really convenient to have disposable products. And we we just had a, a lovely conversation. Um, it was really fun. Yeah. And I'm with the disposable products, I know that the China brand provides durable and trusted products, which I have used before, that let you enjoy every moment of the get-togethers and traditional or now not. And there are classic white products that can work for any gathering or cut crystal plates and cups when you want to make something a little extra special. Disposable tableware keeps things simple and cleanup easy. Chinet products are available wherever you buy groceries, including delivery or pickup. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. So what do we do about this whole gendered food, unhealthy thing that we have going on. Um, Eat more meat. Just play. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> not that. Um, the whole thing is often viewed as a massive exaggeration of the hunter-gatherer narrative, which is far more complex than what we typically boil it down to. I could go into it, but then right. we'd be here for hours, and no one wants that, probably. Maybe like four people want it, but... I mean, we could just split it up. Yes. <laughs> like we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We could do that. Um, thought for another day. Researchers suggest that we reframe how we view food, that we look at it as genderless. For instance, cooking isn't masculine or feminine, but it is a skill necessary for being independent. Ask yourself why you are making a food decision. And if it's because of beliefs around gender, challenge those beliefs. Drink more beer, ladies. Drink more beer. If you want to. (laughs) If you want to. (laughs) And it's healthy. (laughs) Public figures challenging this notion is something else researchers posit helps. The fact that Samuel L. Jackson, for instance, is vegetarian or the football player known as the 300-pound vegan. Why does his weight have to come into it? So rude. Because he's a big football player. Oh, okay. So 300-pound vegan. Yeah. Fair, fair. And according to one article, we'll see how this goes, the UK Advertising Standards Authority has put in a new rule which bans adverts which feature gender stereotypes that can be considered harmful or sexist. I am very interested to see. Right. And now that happened this year in 2019. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how that has played out. There is just so much to unpack here. And until we stop associating femininity With weakness and everything coded as feminine, including eating habits and foods, will be seen as less than something to be avoided. I really could just talk about this so much. I know. You were very excited about this one. I was. Don't get me wrong. I'm very hungry now. (laughs) I'm going to have to go find a meat salad somewhere. Yeah, combine them, too. I'm just going to do a gender neutral all the things and then combine the both. Gender-neutral salad, please. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We would love to hear from you listeners. Um, And in the next episode, we're going to be talking about the gendering of drinks, if anybody wants to preemptively write in about that. Oh, yeah, I'm ready for that one. Yeah. Um, You can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast and on Instagram at stuff I've never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer, Andrew Howard. Hey, Andrew. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've Never Told You is a projection of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
In this time of pandemic and revolution, do you find yourself frustrated at high levels of corruption and inequality? At our inability to get basic things done? At the persistence of systemic racism? You're not alone. I'm Baratunde Thurston, author, activist, and comedian. Our democratic experiment is at a tipping point, but which way we tip is up to us. Listen to How to Citizen with Baratunde on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Paper Ghosts is a true crime podcast that investigates the search for the person responsible for the abductions of four missing girls in neighboring New England towns. For more than 50 years, each case has remained unsolved. Every day is like being lost in limbo. I pray every day that we find Lisa so we can go on. It wasn't until this past year that things took an unexpected turn, a breakthrough. Answers to decades-old questions and witnesses finally ready to talk. I know that that's the person that was there. I can describe what he's wearing. I can smell him a mile away. Jesus, Mary, and Josephine, I hope that's not a grave for many. Oh, you know what? I think it is. Listen to Paper Ghosts on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.